there are some things that people do or say that kind of drive us a little bit bonkers, right? Drive us a little bit crazy. And I know that those things are always different for different people. There's some stuff that will drive me crazy that you think is totally fine and normal and stuff that I'm fine with, but that will just send you over the edge immediately, right? You run into this sometimes with strangers, uh, but if we're honest, most often it happens with the people who are closest to us. Uh, for example, if you have siblings, uh, you know that your siblings just know where your buttons are. Uh, they, they can definitely push that. And, and the same thing is definitely true in our marriage relationships. Uh, there are things that our spouse can do or say that will just trigger us. In fact, I saw an article this last week. It was funny because I was thinking about this topic, and I was reading an article, and it said, does your spouse do things that bother you? And if not, are you even really married? <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> What's crazy is that those, those things can be really little things, right? They, it can be the tone that your coworker responds to you with. Uh, it can be the way that your spouse loads the dishwasher. And uh, you, go away, you go kind of from being the completely rational, normal people that we all are, right, to just kind of being crazy beast and completely unhinged. Uh, this last week, I asked my wife, Karen, I said, hey, what is something that I do that bothers you? And it, before she could answer, I said, but there's nothing, of course. And she's like, oh, no, you do stuff that drives me crazy. <laughs> so there are things that people do or say in our life that just seem to touch a nerve, and they drive us crazy. They, they trigger us. They, they send us over the edge. And they, what I mean by that is that they, they elicit an emotional and even a physical response from us. Something happens, and our body acts like we're being chased. It acts like we are in a fight-or-flight situation. Our heart rate goes up. Maybe you get warm in the face, and we feel like that. And what happens is that that nerve from what's being touched right here somehow directly goes back to some event in the past, either past in that relationship or even past in a different relationship. And it's connected from that moment right there all the way back maybe to something from our childhood. And zzz, there's this electric shock that hits us right in that moment. And can I tell you a secret? Um, there are some things that you also do that might bother some other people. Uh, that does happen. Uh, and if you think, there's nothing I do that bothers them, other people will say, no, there's stuff you do that I hate. Okay. Um, but the good news is I'm not really talking about that today. Phew, okay? We're going to be talking today about how we respond when other people bother us. So you're completely off the hook this week. Uh, so we're thinking today about our own response, specifically our verbal response when we get triggered. And what's amazing is the Bible does address this issue. This is not a new human issue. What help then does the Bible give us with the words that come out of our mouths. There are lots of different passages actually that we could turn to, but we're going to look in the book of Ephesians today. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can open to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. Uh, use the table of contents in the front of your Bible if you need, um, but it goes um, Galatians, then Ephesians. If you get to Colossians, you've gone too far. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read for this part, I'm only reading one verse. So Ephesians 4, 29. It says this, do not let any unwholesome talk 
come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We're going to hear it a couple times, but let's read it one more time. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So whether we are being triggered by something that somebody else does, or we're kind of just getting carried along with kind of a rowdy group of friends, we're supposed to be proactively using our words to build other people up. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to help us to be disciples who are shaped so much by you and by the concerns of your spirit by the work of your spirit in our lives and the things that you're putting in us, the, the things that we're thinking about, resting our mind on, that, that it gets reflected in the words that come out of our mouths. May you help us to be people who build others up with our words so they will be blessed. So they, it, it's according to their needs so that they may be benefited by that, we pray. And help us for the times when we don't get it right. God, we ask for tongues that are quick to forgive as well and to ask for forgiveness. Help us this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we are in a series right now called Proactive versus Reactive. Uh, we want to be people who use our words to build people up and not tear them down, to, to have the pattern of our lives to be positive, right, and not to, um, to take away but to point toward God's kingdom. We want, we want our relationships to be thriving and we want our relationship with God and others to really be working well. So we are going to need to be proactive versus reactive. And, and we don't want to just passively let other people decide our agenda or go just get kind of pulled along in the current, whatever direction that current is going, or maybe the emotional current that we're in at the time. And we know that our knee-jerk reactions to situations around us oftentimes reflect our sinful nature rather than a life in the spirit. And I joked last week that our knee-jerk reactions are, tend to be less knee, like prayer, and a little more jerk. Uh, unfortunately, that's how it is. So um, we are seeking to be proactive instead and to decide ahead of time who we want to be and how we're going to move in that direction. And the Apostle Paul is reminding us that if, if we want to be Christians, we need to not let any unwholesome talk, go ahead and put that up, um, to not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. And it's interesting, that, ver that little phrase there too, according to their needs. So this phrase, unwholesome talk, uh, it isn't just a list of no-no words uh, that we're saying here. Uh, unwholesome talk is kind of anything that leads away from wholeness and leads toward brokenness. Uh, it's something that takes away from fullness. It's things that we say that, that end up corrupting others or breaking them down. Leads toward rotting instead of toward flourishing. It's the opposite of that other part of what is helpful for building others up. It's the, it's the things that tear people down. And as I thought about this this week, I thought, wow, there's, there's so much more that I could grow in this area. It's one thing for me to avoid just saying something rude. That's already a, good, a victory, right? But it's, it's something more that we need to be helping to build others up. So Paul, it's interesting because he's saying both a negative and a positive thing and in the same thing. Don't let unwholesome talk come out, but only what is helpful. So it's actually kind of coming at the same thing with two prongs. It's, it's the same thing, but in different ways. It's, it's kind of like a lifeguard yelling, don't run, walk. 
right? You say the same thing, but you say it in two different ways, a positive and a negative way. Or if you're a parent, you may have said to your toddler, don't hit, we use gentle touches, right? This is a very, it's a good one. So don't do this, let's do this instead. Uh, So let's not have rotten talk coming out of us, but to have our words be a source of goodness and blessing for others to, to build them up. And this isn't just talking to other people. Um, some of us are helped in this as well because you know, we can have, might have a really rough inner monologue. Some of us could benefit by having a more gentle inner monologue, not just talking to other people, but even talking to ourselves. If you are prone to kind of a self-put down and being hard with yourself, a lot of times you probably use a lot harsher words on yourself than you do on other people. Uh, I, I would like for you to have a little softer monologue to yourself. Use that toddler mom voice, right? Uh, say, no, sweetie, we don't use those kind of words with ourselves, right? No, we're going to use our words for building up. That's nice. All right, so this whole series is about this idea of being at proactive versus reactive. And we want our, our, if our knee-jerk reaction is something less than what we're actually called to do, this building people up according to their needs, what kind of proactive steps can we take then to do that? Uh, we can make some pre-decisions. We can decide some things ahead of time. And there are some things that we can decide ahead of time before we get in the stressful situation, before... By pre-deciding what we want, we may not automatically do that thing, but we go in the, it's where, this is the direction that we are heading towards. We're not leaving all of our decisions for the moment when we're overwhelmed by our emotions, but we're going to try to decide that ahead of time. So we have three pre-decisions. We're going to pre-decide that we're going to actually do this. We're going to decide to build people up. We're going to pre-decide the, the speed of our response, and we're also going to pre-decide what is going to go in us. That's a, this is where we're headed right now. All right, first thing, we're going to pre-decide to build others up. We're going to build others up and to benefit them. So this is already a pretty significant step. If we decide that this is the direction that we're going to go, uh, one option for us, to tell you the truth, is to hear this scripture and just either completely reject it or even just say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm just going to continue the way I've been going. Those are options. But I'm saying, let's, let's together, let's decide, hey, you know what, I'm, that's not where I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow in this area. I'm going to decide this is a place where I'm going to do it. I'm going to be proactive and not just react to the way I have been going. Uh, because you, you might be thinking, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not such a bad person. I don't, I don't really cut people down that much. Uh, do I get it all right? No, but I'm not that bad. Uh, but there, there is a pretty big difference between somebody who is not offensive and somebody who is actually building people up. There's a big difference between those things. They, people who have decided they're only going to say things that build people up. And I, I want to just be honest that I think there's way too many Christians who are in that first group who say, you know what, it's good enough just for me to be somebody who doesn't say something offensive or um, maybe if I just don't say cuss words. Uh, but let, what does it mean for us instead to be somebody who really is building people up according to their needs? And there's going to have to be a shift in our thinking if we're going to do that because the the normal kind of default setting for humans, um, kind of like the the way that we operate when we come out of the box, our out-of-the-box immediate uh, default setting is that we say what we want to say. We say what we feel like saying or what we need to get off our chest. Uh, We we say those things. Uh, Maybe we say things sometimes to to be perceived to be liked, 
we say things because we're mad and we just want to say it. Um, it can also be we want to be perceived as being smart. Uh, we say the things that we want. We try, we're trying to avoid getting into trouble. So we only say the words that help us to stay out of trouble or to be liked or to get it off our chest. But if we are predetermined that we're going to build people up, that's going to shape what we say. We're to be able to ask the question, hey, is this what I want to say or is this what they need to hear? Because it does say, it says, it says in our scripture that we, only what is helpful coming out of our mouth, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Not, not, I don't say what's just according to my needs. I say what is helpful for their needs. So am I saying what I need to say or am I saying what they need to hear? And we're yielding our desires to their needs. Because a lot of times what we say, we just want to either burn somebody down or uh, maybe even I'll say, sometimes we want to avoid saying things. What they need to hear sometimes is something we don't even want to say. It makes us uncomfortable. But is it something they need to hear? So we yield to their needs. Because I think we are naturally drawn as people into really binary thinking. It's either this or that, zero or one. It's either this or that. You're either for me or against me. Uh, but as Christians, we don't apply binary thinking to our world. We apply gospel thinking. We apply gospel thinking to our world. And the gospel tells us that people have deep, inherent value. But people also are broken, and they need saving. They need saving from the outside, not from our, not us saving ourselves. And because God values us so highly, and because we are so broken, that's why Christ needed to come and give his life for us. He gave us what we needed. He's willing to give himself because we have value, but also because we need saving. So we apply gospel thinking to all of our world. And so the gold standard for speech, what kind of speech builds people up, is we need, the gold standard for that is the gospel itself. Gospel message, messaging is you are super valuable and you are broken. You need God. So it tells us the truth that we are probably more valuable than we even think. But it also tells us the truth that we are probably more broken than we think. And it affects a lot of our lives. We need a Savior. So we don't apply binary thinking. People are good. And they're also not good, right? They're both. They're not one or the other. People don't, aren't just good or bad. They're a little both. So we apply gospel thinking and so when we think about what is beneficial to others, what we could say, we can have this helpful framework that we apply gospel thinking. Uh, I, I have also seen other things uh, that are helpful for us, and um, one of them is this, uh, you maybe have heard of the think uh, method, which is funny if you know the music ma man, that makes all I can think about is the think method now from the music man. But anyway, um, so, uh, you know, is it, is it true, the thing that you want to say, is it actually true? Uh, is it helpful? Uh, is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? We can, we can ask that kind of question before we say it. Do we need to say this thing? Is it actually kind or inspiring or helpful? Uh, the gospel message is all of these things. Uh, but uh, some of the things that we want to get off our chest are not always 
these things. All right, so maybe the thing we have to say is true, but it's not necessarily needed. All right, we can pre-decide. We can pre-decide. We're going to decide I'm going to build people up. We're going to be the kind of building up kind of people. All right, second, we can pre-decide. We can decide ahead of time the speed of our response. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to do anything about the first reaction you have when somebody says or does the thing. It's going to hit that nerve, and you just go a little wacko. Hopefully, though, the question is, what comes out of our mouth? So the shock or the anger, you can't do much about that initial response. But our verse says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And I, I picture the coming out of our mouths as like something escaping. Maybe you visited somebody's house before where they have a sign on the front door that says, don't let the cat out, right? Because they've got a cat who's always making a break for it once the door is open. So you kind of have to come in the door a little like this, right? Um, not mean way, just kind of like stay back kitty, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think about that a little bit with this. So we have, it says, our verse says, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So, hey, let's close the door before that thing escapes. Don't let kitty out, right? Don't let it out. Catch the word before it even makes it out of your mouth. And so what I'm proposing is that we would have a pause. So there has to be a pause. Something happens, and we're going to need to pause before we say something. Because we end up getting triggered by this thing that touches our emotions. And I, I read a, a chapter in a book that was, it was given to me recently. Um, I could put... Maybe I can even put a link to it in the sermon notes on this afterwards. You can see it. It describes how when we get triggered, it actually, it does affect our body. It, uh, it affects our limbic system. And um, the, it's, this is the thing that helps us to pull our hand back if we get burned, right? It doesn't actually go through thinking process. You pull your hand back and you go, wait, I was getting burned, right? It's like something that happens automatically. And so it's this response, and it goes into action before we have an actual rational response. And this part of our brain, there's an amygdala that's in our brain that processes these fear-based messages. So our amygdala does good stuff, but in, it actually gets engaged about the dishwasher, too, okay? And so we, we have this thing, and it's, it's a part of our brain that helps us when something is scary or frightening, and it engages that part that you've heard of, we, the, the fight or flight or freeze. When something happens, uh, you either fight back or you run away or you just freeze in place like a deer in headlights. Uh, so the crazy thing is we respond to a truck's screeching tires in the same way that we do when somebody asks us that question that bothers us, and we process them both as a threat to us. And so your rational brain, the one that says, this is not very smart for me to react in an angry way to my two-year-old, uh, that part of your brain is not online yet, and the amygdala is already processing a response. It has an action ready for you immediately, okay? So the, it's ahead of your brain. And what that tells us is that we're going to need to try to put a little bit of a pause in there before something gets out. Uh, the, the writer James in our Bible, he didn't know anything about your amygdala, but he did know that there is a better path to success here. And he says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to become angry. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So we need to be those things. We have to be ready to respond slowly with our words, slow to say something, quick to listen. So when the thing it triggers us, we can decide ahead of time, hopefully, that, that we're going to pause and we're going to... Uh, we can, we can put a foot in the door to pause so that we don't end up putting the foot in the mouth, right? So we're going to try to avoid doing that. And um, uh, we, I actually have a friend who teaches uh, parenting classes, and she, uh, I don't know if she knows about this whole theory, but one of the things that she says actually is that she says she tries to do something physical when she wants to respond. Uh, and so she just does that to give herself a little pause. So for her, she says, you know, I, I want to yell back. So she says, I do something with my mouth. I take a drink of water. She's like, I'm so angry, I need a drink of water right now, right? And so that's her action. It gives her a few seconds to try to cool off. Uh, and so that's the way that she's going to take her break. Now, whatever you need to do. Um, so it's applying a pause, some way to apply a pause, uh, to close the door and not let the unwholesome talk escape like the cat making a break for it. Uh, so... You know, I will tell you, you are not going to get this always right. And there are going to be times when you don't get it right. You're going to have to kind of rewind and come back and say, hey, you know what? I kind of want to do over on that. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said that. We can apologize. And the idea is for us to try to get our response, the good response, a little bit closer to the stimulus and the upsetting thing. Now, even if it's five minutes later, Two weeks later, let's say something and apologize and just try to move that back a little bit closer to not let unwholesome talk escape from our mouth. All right, last part. Let's pre-decide what goes in us. Uh, the reality is we tend to kind of spout back out some of the stuff that has been going in us the last couple of weeks. And uh, if we want to be people who build other people up, give other people good things, then we're going to have to kind of pre-decide predetermine that we will have good things that get poured into us. So we're basically choosing to invite that kind of good stuff in our lives. To the, the things that will benefit us, things that will be wholesome and building up for us. Uh, if you have been doing the study guide with this series, either personally or in a small group, uh, this week you looked at uh, Colossians 3, 16 to 17. Go ahead and put that up there. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through hymns, the psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if I want to be somebody who's building people up, I need to have psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in the Spirit. Those things should be in my heart, so they're going to come back out. So if I, uh, I want to have the word of God dwelling in me richly. So I, I, I love our church. I love being a part of our church. I love coming for worship. But I, I'll, I'll tell you, Sunday morning is not enough uh, for, for me or for you. Uh, this is not enough to keep us going once a week. If you only charge your phone once a week, if it's new, it might last a couple days, right? Uh, you need to charge it all the time. And, and, and for us too, you know, we in our faith, we're going to need to charge ourselves. We need spiritual charging so that we can be people who can continue through the week so we have something good to give to other people. So we charge it up. Let's keep spiritually charged. Because there are, there are a lot of things that are prone to come out of us. 
The question is, are they things that people need to hear? Are they going to be encouraging things? Are they going to be reflections on Scripture? Are they going to be Bible-based quotes? And maybe you're like, hey, listen, I don't know that much about Scripture. It's hard for me. And I know, I know there's lots of people who are starting in the faith. That's awesome, right? It's okay to not know everything. But the question is, what are we putting in? Are we, are we starting to soak ourselves in those kinds of things? And it's, it's important um, because we're either, we're either going to be making things in people or unmaking things, uh, good and bad things. And we want it to be in God's direction. We, we want it to be building people up instead of contributing to the problem, right? So what, what we want, to tell you the truth, is kind of, cheap maybe, is we want our words to look more and more like Jesus' words. To say the things to ourselves that Jesus would say to us, to say the things to other people that Jesus would say to them. Because when we look at Christ, he's amazing. He did all of this stuff. He he wasn't shy away from saying things that are hard, but he also was willing to tell people their value. He told them that they needed a Savior. He told them that they were valuable. He, He was able to speak truthfully but with mercy because he understood that people were valuable, but also had depravity in them. He told people things that were hard for them, but because that was the kind thing to do, not just to get stuff off his chest. Uh, there were even, t- even times when he had to take a pause. If you know the story when they run in, he runs into the, the, the woman who was caught in adultery, he's, he writes on the ground, takes a moment to pause, and he took time out to pray in his own life as well. He filled his mind with scripture. He was, uh, and that's the stuff that came out when he was tempted. If you remember a few months ago, we did the temptations of Christ and he, he quoted scripture. That's the stuff that was coming back out of him. So if we want to be people who can build other people up, I have an action step that's going to be both kind of easy and a bit of a stretch for us. So what is a positive kind of thing, what is a positive word that we would be able to say to people that would be guaranteed, that would actually build people up according to their needs? What would be something that we would kind of could guarantee to do that would come out of our mouths, and it's kind of simple, but it's going to be hard, and it's going to be that we should pray. Here's my challenge. Here's my challenge for us this week. Go ahead and put that up there. Our proactive step that we're going to take, I think this is going to be a word that's going to challenge us this week. For the next seven days, when something triggers you, I would like for you to pray for that person. To pray for that person who's bothering you, whoever that may be. I don't think it's probably helpful if it's in a dishwasher situation where you're like, Lord Jesus, help my husband, this terrible man you've given me. Right? Yeah, That's not helpful, um, but I would like for you um, to that was just self-protective, to tell you the truth. That was just so that she doesn't do that to me. Uh, I <laughs> or, Lord, help this husband to load the dishwasher, right? That's maybe more the, the case, yeah. Um, um, so um, let's start. That's a great building up kind of thing. And like I said before, you know, it's okay if that doesn't happen immediately. If it's five minutes later and you think of it, if it's ten minutes later, if it's the next day later, it's still not too late. Because what God is going to do when we pray for people is it does shape our own hearts, and it does shape the other person too. So we're, this is a positive word. We want to do a word that builds people up according to their needs, and God knows their needs. So we're going to be able to pray for somebody. It's, a, it's just a start. So let's, let's do that. It's not too late for us, even if it's far away from the triggering event. And just imagine the power. If we were, even just our church, were people who 
used our words to build people up proactively. I think it would change our own interactions with each other. I think you guys are pretty kind to each other in general. But I think it would shape our lives together. It would shape our immediate relationships with people around us, our loved ones, our friends, our family. Even what if we were just like 5% less immediately triggered and 5% more ready to pray? I I think that would already help a lot. We would build each other up. We would be bent toward encourage each other in faith. We would we would leave more broken down ways behind us and we would lean more toward embracing the life that Christ is calling us to. And I think that we would see Jesus more for who he really is. This wonderful savior who's not just shaking his head at us, but who is calling us into life, real life, out of life that is broken down. Christ is calling us into his life, the life of the spirit that does build each other up. It does call us to a life of faithfulness in Christ. I hope that you'll stay with us. We have more things we're thinking of proactively, reactively, that we're going to be talking about over the next couple weeks. I hope that you will come and be with us and reflect on this. Talk about this with your friends. How does this matter to you for us to be proactive versus reactive? Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to shape our hearts. This is not easy. Our words just sometimes come, sometimes they're careless. Uh, Sometimes I I say things because I just want to be funny, and that's not always what's helpful for the other person. Lord, I I don't say things sometimes that people need to hear. But I want want to be someone who builds people up according to their needs and that blesses everybody who hears what I say. I, I want all of us to be like that. So Lord, help us. I know this is the direction that your spirit is drawing us towards, so may we not grieve the spirit. May we move in rhythm with where your spirit is taking us. And that, that breaks down all the anger and the, the, the things that are in our world. And it moves toward wholeness. Boy, that is what our world needs. Lord, we pray for more believers who don't sound like the world and the increasing feedback of anger, but who act like Jesus. We pray for those who persecute us, who who love those. May we apply the gospel to our lives and to the world around us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.